Hey, Russ. Hey, Dave. Um, do you want to talk about soup? I have. I've nailed it. I've created the perfect lunch soup. High in fiber, low in sodium, tasty, full of flavors. It's great. It's it's healthy and hearty. I love it. You had talked about it once before, but like so. <clears throat> Six different types of beans. Yeah, that's a lot. It, it is, but by combining at least five beans, you're getting all the properties you need so the amino acids can do the right thing to form proteins. Russ, is you picture Russ flexing. I have to stare at you flexing, flexing over your shoulder every time we, so you can imagine, look at the sexiness. Oh, it's hot, isn't it? Man, my, by the way, my hamstring, super hard. <laughs> Welcome to One Beer, One Song, um, America's favorite podcast about beer and, and song is what it is. And I've doubted my salad recipe too. I, I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. Where on each episode, we uh, underappreciate and or miscategorize. Baby corn. Oh, my God. Baby corn is uh Wait, component. baby corn like the, the little tiny ones that Tom Hanks ate in big, like the little corn chons or whatever? Well, that's... The that's, little tiny... I'm holding my fingers up three inches apart. The yes, little tiny ears. But I cut them into bite-sized pieces. Oh, but it, we're also talking about Also popular in Asian cuisine. I just didn't know if you were talking about some other sort of pygmy corn that like gives little kernels. <laughs> Like little baby teeth? Yeah, exactly. oh, Tony, that's disgusting. Right, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, artichoke hearts, uh, low-fat, reduced-fat feta cheese, uh, balsamic vinegar, which I'm getting into, but just a drizzle. You don't need a lot. And then uh, some olive oil, just, just a tiny drizzle. It's kind of help lubes everything up. Mm -hmm. uh, some tomatoes, dealer's choice. Uh, I like beef steak. Sometimes I go cherry. Depends on the season. Uh, seedless cucumber, because you don't need extra moisture. Uh, and then mixed greens. We're not, no romaine. No iceberg. We're not dealing with lettuces anymore. We're dealing with greens. So mixed greens or maybe you can go with some baby spinach. Leaves. But I always tear them up hmm. because they're too big. Okay. They're too big. And you got to go for bite-sized pieces here. So it's I can see you definitely have, being intimidated by a leaf of a certain size. It's, I'm dealing about the UX here. Okay. Sure. So shred it up so it all fits nicely on a fork. Anything else that goes in there? Oh, Mrs. Dash onion uh, non-salt. Onion non-salt? Yeah, Mrs. Dash. They make non-salted salts and stuff like seasonings i'm not familiar mrs dash i'm remaining willfully ignorant mrs dash is a seasoning company that doesn't use salt in their seasoning sure fine so sprinkle a little bit in croutons uh pumpernickel is my go-to right now but I, I change it up when i want i feel crazy aren't you like mr anti-bread no carb or no gluten no that's that's a different guy <clears throat> in a in a maelstrom of um, I am continually diet hacking. I am I am genuinely surprised by the croutons. Oh, well, if I'm honest. Well, ladies, I'm a mystery. Jesus Christ! <clears throat> so Russ just opened a beer. I guess that means we have to talk about it. Um, my diet. Uh, this is. Um, oh my God! This is straight up oil. Look at this. This is gorgeous. It's so. I looked this beer up, and um, oh, there's the head's some, coming. Some of the reviews are like. This beer looks disgusting. <laughs> no, this is straight up sex. It's this a is big, so Russ is pouring a big stout out of a 750 uh, wine bottle, and um, my my nipples are so hard right some now. Some of the reviews were reporting like um, lots of chunks with like very little saddle brown head. <clears throat> um, this is it's a mocha colored head. Um, no chunks so far. This is L crap. Read just, the L L Zucaton Zucaton L Zucaton Shakakan. <clears throat> no. Oh. Not that. Shakakan? Um it is Shakakan, Shakakan. Zakaton. So, oh actually uh it has an accent to go over the O, so So this is by a, a brewery outside of Chicago called Un Un Ani, 
Unani. I thought it was called Hubbard's Cave. So the brewery is Unani, and they focus on French and Belgian style beers. They have another label called Hubbard's Cave, Mm. which focuses on IPAs and stouts. This says uh, 19, uh, I'm sorry, 2018 2. I don't know if that means second batch in 2018. Uh, 12%. Mm. It's Imperial Stout fermented on toasted oak. I'm curious if it's American, French. I'm curious. You're not actually curious. I am curious. French oak is the best oak. Uh, On almond flour. Ooh. Cocoa nibs, cinnamon sticks, vanilla beans, ancho chilies, uh, guadalajara chilies, habanero chilies. Oh. Almond flour? If I'm lying, I'm dying. All right, all right, all right. Don't ever say that again. Um, You'll so, be my ride or die. Yeah, so I looking around, people seem to like this beer a lot. It's generally in the... Oh, it smells so good. The four dot middle distance out of five oh, on the rating sites, and so even good. though you know the rating sites are largely meaningless. Um, it is black as oil, and it has um, a deep tan head that actually... I'd say mocha persists nicely for a beer that's 12% alcohol and has been tossed around in, is it barrel aged or yeah. is it just on oak. staves? Um, fermented on toasted oak. So it would have, it would say barrel aged if it was barrel. So sure. which is, which is fine. Oak staves are fine. So a, a Spirals, delightful whatever. aroma just. Yeah, it's big. It's, it smells like it's going to hurt. I, I don't get a lot of alcohol vapors off the nose. Do you? I get chocolate. I get chocolate. Interesting. I tasted it. I'm glad we left it out of the fridge for a little bit. Good call. The heat from the chilies doesn't bring a lot of, I'm sorry, the chilies don't bring a lot of flavor, but it does bring uh, well, a nice also, little heat um, on the back end. It's, it's, there's heat right away, and then it kind of, it, it doesn't, it's not persistent. It fades. You've taken one me. sip. Take another sip. Don't tell me what the, it's, listen. Take a second Make sip. your own podcast. I, I, I am. I don't get the chilies in the top. I get them in the back. Um, my chilies bring all the boys to the yard. Yeah, I don't. It is very. The chilies are very understated and mm-hmm. nicely, and nicely. I think it's well balanced. <clears throat> the heat to the the sweetness. It is sweet. Um, it but is not, not a dry experience. It's not coilingly sweet. It's, no. it's not overly sweet. I mean, also like knowing what you're getting into drinking a beer like this, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's gonna be. There's gonna be some some sweetness oh, and some heat and. I, I would happily go sit by a fire, eat some chili. So this is this. A, this is another beer that I found at my secondary store. You're cheating which, on Swab. Which here's the thing: Swab is known to have a good beer program. Mm-hmm. So they get stuff in and it disappears, uh, or you never see it because people just ask for it and then they give you you know your allotment from behind the counter and it's just never existed. Um, this store does the same thing, but I don't. I had never heard of this brewery before, and I just saw this beer and I was like. Oh, that's, I think it was, it's a 750. I think it was 1899. And I was like, that's all it's. And I was like, okay, this is a big stout that's got a bunch going on. It's, um, I, I, I'm loath to say that I was moved by value added pricing, but it's kind of like, oh, if, if this beer was trash, the brewery wouldn't be able to get away with, um, the price point, the price point or the distributor. Now, admittedly, this particular store, um, is sometimes um, out to lunch when it comes to pricing. Um, they were charging fifteen ninety nine for Cocoa Bunny. What? Yeah. Um, which I gently am like, hey guys, uh, <laughs> no, don't do that. And I also will often text Blake when I find shenanigans going on with Creature Comforts beers. Anyway. Um, what does Blake say in return? 
I don't, I choose to remain ignorant because I, I don't want it to be a case. I'm, I'm absolutely tattling and I really like the people that run this store and I don't want them to get in trouble with their mm-hmm. distributor or like not to get access to stuff. Sure. They're certainly getting access to plenty of things that wouldn't last on the shelf at Swab. So I've started going there more and, um, and I'm going to cultivate that relationship because if they can get access to stuff, I can be like, Hey man, just get one six pack of that and sell it to me. Um, so yeah. So I was at my, uh, one of my two, I guess I'm, I'm in a, what do you call it when you have multiple, I guess I'm poly with my liquor stores too. Um, polyamorous. I, I am. I go to Bullock's, um, for whiskey. Uh, and I also go to Sprayberry Bottle for whiskey and beer. Um, but I saw the biggest stack of Cocoa Bunny I'd ever seen at Sprayberry Bottle. The biggest one you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, it was a huge monstrous stack of Cocoa Bunny. Nice. Right next to their new Tritonia with lemon. Uh, I said, Bridge, what does this taste like? He's like, alcoholic Sprite, but not that sweet. Interesting. You you have my attention. Right. That's cool. So this brewery, Unani, um, they are in Chicago. They're outside of Chicago. They are, um, I can't see from, let's see, they are Who said northwest. That? Um, the biggest pair you've ever seen, Dingleberry. It's in Clerks when they'd hit the puck off the roof. And Who's the like, guy? You, you, you see a puck down there, but the biggest pair, or you see any balls down there? Not the biggest pair you've ever seen, Dingleberry. But who on the UJ drum line would say it? Dave, Dave Rivero. Dave Rivero. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, which, sorry, no last names on here. Um <clears throat> So it's up by, um, they are in Niles, Illinois, which is northwest of Chicago, up by um, sort of, um, I thought I saw Skokie on here, but De Plain. Anyway. Skokie's a great name. Um, head brewer and founder, Jerry Nelson. Hey, Jer- hey, no last names. I started working on Unani while working as an architect in fall of 2010, but started my homebrewing passion back in 1995 while in the Marine stationed in California. In preparation for starting the brewery, I attended the Siebel Institute. I am a Chicago native and live in Chicago with my wonderful supportive wife, Tanya, and adorable daughter, assistant brewer, Maya. Um, so this is interesting because it's it's a person who's like, hey, I like beer. Uh, I want to open a brewery. I'm going to learn how to be a brewer. So they go to the Siebel Institute. It doesn't say anything about like being a brewer somewhere else and learning the ropes. It's just What like, is the Siebel Institute? So it's a, it's essentially a, it's like a brewing graduate program is is the best way is how I understand it. There are places where there are brewing degrees. I think UGA has one. Um, UC Davis is famous for having one. And Siebel is like a dedicated like brewing research institution. And so it's like a 13 month thing where you go through it um, and you get all of the, it's like, like a um, culinary institute where mm-hmm. it's like top to bottom, everything from like ordering and managing ingredients all the way down to like sanitation and mopping the floors and proper mopping technique and whatever else. Um, our friend, our, our uh, friends, we don't know them, uh, Red Hair Brewing here in Atlanta, their brewer did the Siebel Institute thing right before they opened. Um, so mm. I, as you know, it could work, it could not work. This seems to be working fine. Um, this is a pretty good beer. I have not had any of their main label Belgian or French things or any of the IPAs, but the stout's pretty tasty. I'm super impressed. Yeah. Yeah. So did you bring me anything to eat? Oh, I did. You're hungry? I'm on, yeah. Okay. Um, that'll be good because then we got to do a song after that. I did. This is, um, <clears throat> I did bring some snacks, a bag, bag, of, bag of snacks that I brought back from um, Publix, <laughs> like a mile and a half from here. You're um, supposed to bring me snacks from like Portugal well, and I'm Istanbul. To, I'm going to California a little Israel bit. Um, and Iraq. Yeah. If I go there, I'll bring you snacks. Um, so here, you, I'll just hand them to you. Okay. So why did you buy these? Publix. Because I saw them and I was like, ooh, 
I like to make mouth noises on the podcast. These are artisanal pork cracklings. Yeah. Remember when I brought pork scratchings back from London? Yeah, it was like a whole meat turd it's in your like, mouth. It's like pork rinds except chunks and not like all rindy. Like, right. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping these are like. I was a little bit disappointed that the only flavor they had was maple bacon because that's yeah. kind of gimmicky. Yeah. But if it's, you know, pork chunks, then well, they look a little rindy, mm-hmm. pork rindy. Ooh. I mean, there's more, there's more porkiness in there than in just regular pork rinds. Correct. But they are nowhere near the scratchings from the UK. Mm-mm. It's a weird combination of mouth textures. Mm-hmm. So my former team at work has a contractor who's in the UK and he brings us, um, like when he comes over and visits like once a quarter, he brings us like candy and I'm going to put in an order for pork scratchings. I'm going to be like, I don't want candy. I want scratchings. It's like if you took a less dense piece of foie gras, a small, small centimeter by centimeter cube of foie gras and wrapped it in a pork rind. Yeah, they are kind of like pork rind on the outside with like pork fat in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, great with the beer. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, really good. Um, okay. I'm going to eat some more of those. So one time <clears throat> I was in Las Vegas. And I went to this place called SLS. Mm-hmm. It used to be the Sahara. And uh, somebody bought it and they said, we're going to remodel this and reopen it. And all of Vegas rolled their eyes like, no, you're not. You're going to sit on this property. It's going to be empty. And then in five years, you're going to sell it. That's what's going to happen because that's what everybody does. He didn't. He uh, had some issues, but they reopened as SLS. Okay. Uh, and it hasn't done well. Um, but there's a restaurant from Jose Andres. I'm a, I'm a, a nerd for Jose Andres. Not only are there restaurants that I've eaten at amazing, but the guy is behind... Uh, feeding the island after the hurricane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he took a chopper down there and said, oh, I can activate this. And he made like three acres of paella for yeah. communities, yeah. And I think they they were, like the first day, they're like, okay, 100 meals. Mm-hmm. Next week, 1,000 meals a day. The following week, like 100,000 meals a day. The way they scaled it up, there was food there. There was just no one to organize cooking it and then distributing it. Mm-hmm. So he's activated for the fires in California. Now there's a full charity that just does this. Uh, the federal workers on the that were um, unemployed do the shut off, shut off, shut down. Uh, he started feeding those people, activating his restaurants to give out free food. I, he's just an amazing humanitarian. Anywho, I eat at this restaurant called Bizarre Meat. There are three separate kitchens in Bizarre Meat. There's a it's called sorry Bizarre Meat. Mm-hmm. Cool, and. Um, it is a group dining experience. You can't go by yourself because they bring out portions to share. So we order some things, uh, foie gras wrapped in um, cotton candy, like some little amuse bouches things. She's like, okay, we guys didn't get really get any appetizers. So here's a side of pork cracklins. And she puts down a sheet, probably two and a half feet long by a foot wide of deep fried pork skin. Okay. And then she takes a wooden mallet and just smashes it in front of us. And she's like, here's some dripping sauce. I'll just drizzle that on there. Enjoy, guys. Cool. Oh, dude, yeah. They, like that that experience, just be like, here's some skin. Right. And let me just chop it up for you. Enjoy. Here's some shattered animal. And then we we ordered so much food and ate, and it was an amazing experience, and uh, our, our waitress was top-notch. Everything about the experience was was great. So if Bizarre Meat is still there, the next time you go to Vegas, you should eat there. Good to know, because I've, I've run through like everything at Cosmo. Which has the best collection. Right, the and so then once you're done with that, it's kind of like, well, uh, what else? Yeah, Bizarre Meats Killer. The the new restaurants that are open in Caesars the last year are all good. So, yeah. I will be at potentially back at Wynn at some point, which is nothing no. that's kind of boring. Yeah, it's I, standard. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Venetian. I was there at a show last year. There's some good. Yes, but. Yes, but. 
owned by? I, is there a company out there that's not owned by a horrible asshole? Sheldon Anderson. Adelson. Sheldon Adelson? Adelson, yeah. Owned by him. So that's why I don't give Venetian my money. But is he any worse than Steve Wynn? Um, no, it's also why I don't stay at Wynn Properties either. <laughs> no, there you go. Um, so you're like, well, where do you stay? I'd rather not say. Actually, I like staying at the D because Derek Stevens, I've met the guy a handful of times. He seems to be a good human being sure. that does the right thing. So cool. that's where I go. Very, there you and go. I'll be back out in July. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I might have to go to a couple conferences coming up soon. So um, well, let's do a song. Oh, cool. So I brought uh, the new music from Gloria Stefan. <clears throat> so Board of Songs it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, audience may recall we did Kid Dynamite last time, which I thought went very, very well. It's very good. 40% of their content is fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. So we're down to Smashing Pumpkins, Guns N' Roses, Chuck Reagan, Rocket from the Crypt. You keep saying Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. That is not uh, on the list. Uh, I scratched out 97s, but still have old on there. Was that a <clears throat> dig at you somehow? I don't know the answer to that. Weaker Than's Peg Boy, Medications, Naked Reagan. I like being naked. Mm-hmm. Karate's good. Avail. Yeah. I am available, ladies. Avail. Yeah. Uh, get up, kids. So I'm I'm torn between get up, kids, and peg boy. Get, uh, up, kids. get up, kids is from are from Kansas City. Peg boy is from Chicago. Chicago has a great music history. This beer is from Chicago. Then we have to do peg boy. Let's do peg boy. Then. All right. Um, so we are going to do. Um, if we actually planned any of this, we might have like thought that through. Man, peg boy. What should we? That's a good. So they're from Chicago. Yep. Did they break uh, up after their first album? No, they didn't. But um, I saw them live at I saw them at the Masquerade in 1993. Um, How does your memory work like that? Because I, we were talking about this earlier, but like when you're younger, like everything gets so much more specifically imprinted in great detail. I can be like, oh, that was the summer of 1993. This is all. These are all the things that were going on in my life. And I would say through probably. 2003 I can do it like that oh good lord just put that anywhere um sorry but since 2003 it's just a blur so I don't know I I don't have an answer for you in terms of how but I remember seeing them it was a school night it was a weeknight in high school and um Brian our friend Brian and I went down there it was good Brian Um, Hegland yep so it's funny you were talking about Naked Raygun Pegboy actually grew out of the ashes of Naked Raygun um, some some joint members there, the Pizzotti brothers. Maybe? No, Pizzotti's the singer of Naked Reagan. Anyway, I'm gonna get this wrong, but um, so we are going to um, we're gonna take our typical one second break while I pick a song, and we'll be right back. Okay, I looked at their um, rather short discography. Um, I thought about picking they re- their first release was an EP in 1990 called Three Chord Money, and. My Youth is probably one of my favorite songs by them. But we're going to go to their uh, first debut LP called Strong Reaction. We came out in 1991. Over 1991 and 1992, I probably mowed 6,000 lawns to this album. That sounds like an overestimation. Like I, I started playing it and I could, Im- I was immediately taken to a yard that I used to have to push my mower through this shortcut in the woods to get there but they would pay me like 25 bucks to mow their grass. That's big money. Right. It was, it was like an hour's worth of work. Um, Man, imagine that making that kind of money today. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, when I, there's, there's really no way not to play 
um, the first song off of Strong Reaction, uh, which is called Strong Reaction. It's like my soul walking around in that song. It reminds me of something else, and I can't put my finger on it, and I find that frustrating. <clears throat> but it feels like it's just a crusty PB&J that's been sitting out too long. 
I, so I, I'm, I'm not going to say that description is inaccurate, but I know you mean it in a critical way, and I'm calling bullshit on that because that's just it's so that's just a great band, great I, album. Oh, and and so here's something we were talking about while it was playing, the fade out. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has the fade out disappeared from the a tool a producer would use? Uh, yes, one would say it faded away. Oh, I can't. Quit you shit. you walked right oh, into that dear. one like a a spider web, but with like made out of neon. <clears throat> Dumbass. <laughs> so Peg here, boy. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna slowly throw this air filled balloon at you. You hit it with an axe. Right. Okay. Exactly. There you go. <clears throat> So yeah, Pegboy, man, strong reaction. That shit is so good. And their singer, Larry Daymore. It sounds dated. Like I mentioned a bunch of times. Uh, well, it's from 1991. So it's not very good now, it's is it? It's 28 years old. So does it have a job? <laughs> uh, those guys are very working class. That's part of the reason I like them. Is they're very working class. Okay. So the singer, Larry Daymore, is, uh, like I mentioned, I saw him at Masquerade. When that, was the last time you were part of the working class? That dude could, could work an arena. Like he was all over the stage. He's not a particularly like frontman looking guy. He's he's kind of thick. I mean, he looks like a Danny DeVito? contractor. Oh, um, <clears throat> contractor meaning like general contractor, not like a data entry contractor at Google or anything. Um, he uh, is amazing. When was the last time you were part of the working class? Um, that you identify so strongly see. with? I uh, I last worked at a restaurant in two thousand three. Oh, okay. What do you, well, define working class, though. What do you mean? Not salaried with health benefits. So hourly job. Yeah. My table waiting hourly job came with health benefits and a 401k. Where was that? Oregon. Oh, right, right, right. Um, since then, um, I mean, when I was on the Falcons drum line, that's, that's work. And I got that was your side it. gig. It was does not count. Work. Yeah, that was good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm very excited that you picked Pegboy. Um, you may cross it off the list, albeit, I hope, with not that much excitement because... I'm throwing things away. I'll never have was, to listen to this again. You're, you're con bands now. Oh, this brings me joy. <laughs> I haven't watched your show yet. I understand the technique. I con some shoes that right the fuck out of my house recently because they brought me pain. Those shoes brought me pain. Women and men who wear high heels, I don't know how you do it. I was wearing some Skechers with like uh, a half-inch heel and they tore my back apart every time I wore them. So, yeah, those things are gone. That seems like a hard decision. It's well, funny I, that, that I finally connected the two. I'm like, every time, why am I? Why does my back just ache with pain? Well, these black shoes are so comfortable on my feet. Oh no, you got to go. <laughs> it's funny that the whole Marie Kondo thing is back now because the book did its rounds like three years ago, four years ago, and we did it then. We went through the whole. Put a hundred percent of my clothes on the bed and was shocked and horrified that that was. I was like, "These are both of our clothes, right?" Gia was like, "No, that's just you." I was like, "Holy shit!" What? And in one fell swoop, in like two hours of work, I got rid of like four garbage bags of clothes. Do you take them to Goodwill? Yeah, good. And like, didn't miss a single item. No. And then the went point. through like a year later and was like, "Oh, these are all the things that brought me joy and that I would hang on to. Still haven't worn it. You got to go too." <clears throat> Is that a part of the program? I mean, it, it's not a repetitive thing, okay. but, but one of the things that she does say is that you have to do it very deliberately. It's not just like a, like a casual, like, oh, I'm just going to KonMari this on because it's Sunday night. You, it's like I am KonMariing my clothes right now to completion, and you have to be very deliberate about it. And it works. Is she single? I don't think so. Hmm. 
Um, and apparently the show is just very precious, um, but also highlights some issues that, you know, they're just talking about the tidying up, but there are some like um, toxically lazy husbands involved where they're just like, oh, well, you know, she just gets crazy if it's messy. But then at the same time are like, it's messy. Why don't you clean up? <laughs> and you're like, no, you don't. You get to do it like that. You got to you got to be in there with her. Sounds like a metaphor for a much bigger thing. Potentially, yeah. But it's one of the themes I've heard that come out of the Netflix series. Uh, so uh, you, you sound a little tense. So, um, how's your marriage? We're uh, uh, we're, we're gonna um, we're recording this before the Super Bowl. Yes, yes. And uh, the Super Bowl, which is going to be in Atlanta, one week from today. Yes, but this will come out after the Super Bowl. Oh, let's make some predictions. Let's make some predictions that All will right. be either amazing or hilarious and uh tom think? brady breaks his ankle yet still leaves a comeback drive in the fourth quarter to win oh man um <clears throat> him being increasingly injured seems more and more likely now that he's like older he's like 41 mm-hmm. right but i don't think i don't know that's hard to say i don't know i mean the, the rams front seven are tough like they'll they'll get after him but I, see i don't follow that that closely i also uh think there will be a livestock incident an animal happenstance. What animals will be there? Rams. Patriots. <clears throat> you just coughed and rolled your eyes so hard. <laughs> I'm just wondering what to do with that. Uh, come that con married me. That brought <clears throat> me joy. It's it's one of those where I'm like, serve me the tennis ball and I will hit it back. And you're like, sure, here you go. And it's like like a paper bag full of grits. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Pick this them up not, one at a time. This is not a tennis ball. Get on your knees. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think uh, there could be a squirrel or fox incident. I'm, I'm being more existential about it. I think it's, I'm just wondering how, how the Patriots are just going to make us feel even worse about everything. Well, here's another thing. Do. Uh, being that it is Atlanta, um, Atlanta is going to screw this up some way. It's what we do. We can't have anything nice from com- uh, beginning to completion. So uh, I forget, but I'm going to go with partial power outage. When we last had the Super Bowl 19 years ago, it we had an ice, ice storm. storm. Um, and then Ray Lewis did his little thing with you know, those two people that ended up not being alive after that. Um, so we got, we've got, you know, it can only get better. But you're right. It's Atlanta. So like what what thing is going to. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for what it is. And that that's what really has me excited about the Super Bowl. How are we going to Atlanta what, this up? What's what are we going to do here? Um, yeah, the airport will be involved for sure. I don't know. I don't know. But I do hope that like some type of freak weather incident. Oh, <gasps> it's scheduled to get snow it's on supposed to snow two, this week, Tuesday. Yeah. So what would happen if there couldn't be planes they, and the Patriots had to ride a bus? Oh, the shame. No, they would take some sort of like Robert Kraft, like underground, like super train to get here. And they would be like, that's oh, Elon just, Musk. And that's in California. We just downloaded ourselves to Mercedes Benz Stadium. <laughs> here, plug cool. this, plug this into, uh, what's our quarterback's name? Ryan. Matt Ryan. Plug this USB drive into Matt Ryan and he will become a jerk and he will start dating supermodels and then he will win. <clears throat> yeah. That's, you know what the, my favorite thing about Tom Brady is? No, Tony, I don't. What is, what is your favorite thing about Tom Brady? Is that despite all of his success and like sponsorships and um, the crazy money that he's made over the years, um, his wife, Giselle, is worth like 10 times as much as he is. Yeah. Look but, it up. 
but he has sex with Giselle. So doesn't that kind of equal out? I mean, yes, that's, I mean, it's impossible <laughs> to, it's impossible to just be like, I win. Oh, he, he sucks. I mean, he does sucks, but like my favorite gif of all time is him trying to high five his teammates and no one will high five him. I it, think that's the perfect example of Tom Brady. And, and the thing like, is that the, his success is that you and I and the rest of America and the world fixate on his failures and his failures are like that gift, like one getting left hanging high five. We're there, like, there's been a we're few like, like take that. that Brady, you suck, but he's got a fistful of Super Bowl rings and he's going to go back for another one. Who are they playing? The Patriots. Yeah. You already said it. The Rams. Yes. Okay. Are they good? Are you just pretending to not understand football because it like <laughs> I just you're a football guy. I don't really care that much about pro. Well, sure, but don't, like I'm not buying your act here. And it's like, Gurley you know, versus uh Michelle. Yeah. Okay. So either way Georgia wins. I mean, that's one way to emotionally lubricate I yourself, Ugh. I guess. God, both of them are going to die in this game. That's the Georgia <clears throat> way. Right. Yeah. They'll, yeah, something it's going to be awful. Um, and the Patriots are going to win by either like some awful, it's going to be the, it's no, going you know, to be a comeback. Brady, Patriots are going to win in a fourth quarter, 10 minute like, long, just drive. like the Super Bowl And just like the AFC championship, they're going to go to overtime and Brady's going to get his one shot and the other quarterback won't get a chance and they're going to win heads or tails, uh, heads. All right. I'll go tails on the coin toss. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We talked about a beer. We talked about a snack. We talked about a song. Um, I think our work is done here. Bye. Um. <laughs>